And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this special edition of The Assembly Call, as we have a brand new show to introduce to you. This is the debut episode of The Grace Burger Show, which will be an exclusive interview series with Grace Burger throughout the 2021-22 season. The show will be presented by Farrell Wealth, a wealth management company founded by former IU football player Greg Farrell, who played at IU and my dad coached there. And the show is also presented by our friends at Homefield Apparel, who continues to, of course, churn out the best vintage college apparel that you will find anywhere. Now, similar to the inside scoop with Tamar Bates, this is a show that would not have been possible without the recent changes to name image likeness rules in college sports. You know, once I recorded the first interview with Tamar, I realized just how good this content was going to be, and I knew that I wanted to do something similar for the women's basketball team as they embark on what is sure to be another historic season uh, for this, you know, emerging program under Terry Morin. And while any of the ladies in the IU starting lineup would have made for great interview subjects, Grace was my first choice, in large part because of the influence of longtime Assembly Call listeners like Richie Carter and others who have just been so effusive in their praise for so long to me about how great of a player and person Grace is. So I reached out to Grace, I offered her the same terms that I offered Tamar, and she accepted. And I'm just really pumped that we are going to be able to bring this content to you throughout the season. It's going to be such great insight. And, you know, once Grace accepted, the next question was really, okay, so who's going to host the show? And, you know, I would have loved to do it myself, but the truth is that I don't follow the women's team as closely as some of the members of our community. I have definitely started following them a lot closer, and I'm kind of trying to catch up, but some of the folks in our community have been going to games and following the team game in, game out for years. And so this really did seem like a great opportunity to give one of them the lead microphone because, frankly, I knew that they would do a better job. And really, the choice here was easy as well. Coach Jeff Marlowe. Now, if you're a member of our private discussion community, you know Coach Marlowe because he's one of the most active members. And if you're a diehard listener to the post-game show, then you've probably heard Coach Marlowe make a few appearances as a guest host, uh, which he started doing last season. Always provides really good insight. It's great to have someone with a coaching background on the show to give that perspective. And what makes Coach Marlowe especially qualified to handle hosting this show, in my opinion, uh, in addition to his love for IU women's hoops, is that he's coached girls basketball in the state of Indiana for over 20 years. So he understands and appreciates the similarities and the subtle differences between the men's and women's games. And I'm just really glad that we're all going to have his perspective on this show. I'm glad that I can just sit back and listen uh, to him and listen to Grace. And I think they're going to have some really, really great conversations, uh, the first of which you're going to hear in just a minute. So here's what you can expect from the Grace Burger Show as we move through the season. We're planning to do two episodes per month. Uh, And obviously, you know, the schedule is going to be dictated by Grace's schedule, so we'll have to plan recordings around that. But that's our plan is to do two episodes per month. One is going to be an interview, like this week's episode uh, with Coach Marlowe and Grace, you know, having a conversation, diving into whatever the most pertinent topics are, you know, regarding Grace's season, the team season, their ongoing quest to win a Big Ten title and make a Final Four run. We'll be able to get some great insight uh, from Grace as we go through the season. And then the other episode will be an AMA, an Ask Me Anything episode, which is where members of our private discussion community get to ask Grace questions. All right, so we'll open it up, 
members of our community will get to submit questions, and then Jeff will ask those questions and kind of you know lead a discussion based on those questions. Uh, now, we are going to post a portion of those discussions in our public feed, but you're going to need to be a member of the private community to get full access to those interviews and to be able to submit questions. So if you want to join the community, go to assemblycall.com slash community. That's where you can join. And frankly, this is a really good week to join because you can lock in the current annual price before it goes up on Friday, October 28th. So we're raising the price of the community because we've added a bunch of new stuff uh, this season. So the price is going up, but you can get in right now, lock in that price for the lifetime of your account, and you'll be able to access not only the full versions of the AMA interviews of the Grace Burger Show, but also the full versions of the Tamar Bates AMA episodes and all the other premium content in there. And there's a lot of stuff. Go to assemblycall.com slash community and you'll see everything that is there. But that's the background on how this all came together. That's the plan. My thanks to Greg Farrell and Farrell Wealth for stepping up to be the presenting sponsor. Of course, our thanks to Homefield Apparel for continuing to support everything that we do. We really appreciate them and we appreciate you listening, and especially all of all of those of you who are in the community already. You know, the money that you guys spend. Uh, on those community fees helps us to keep the show going to help us cover costs and everything. So we really appreciate it. And we hope that more of you will join us in there because we've got some great stuff planned this season. And it's such a great group of just dedicated, supportive IU fans, you know, to have a great ongoing conversation about men's basketball, women's basketball, football. Uh, We have a great time in there. Okay. Without any further ado, let's get to the first edition of the Grace Burger Show. So here is Coach Marlowe, and Grace Berger. Take it away. Hello, Hoosier fans, and welcome to the premiere edition of the Grace Berger Show, a new production from Assembly Call. Our Star needs no introduction to Hoosier fans. She is one of the most decorated players in IU women's history, a senior from Sacred Heart High School in Louisville, Kentucky. She's a two-time All-Big Ten first-team selection. She's academic All-Big Ten. She's been named a Big Ten Distinguished Scholar, and she was named to both the Cheryl Miller Award and Wade Trophy watch list last year. She was named an Honorable Mention All-American by both the WBCA, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, and the U.S. Basketball Writers Association. Grace, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to do this with you. Yeah, what is what are some goals and hopes maybe you have for the show? Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, just promote our program to people that maybe don't know much about us besides our Elite Eight run last year. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are really excited about the women's team and maybe coming out to games for the first time this year. So um, as, as much as I can get the word out about our team and our program and what we're doing here in Bloomington, um, I think that's a great thing that I'm really excited about. And now that the fans are going to be back in the stands, you know, coming off that that run, it, it sounds like such an easy question, but I'm assuming teams are very excited. What are some of the, have you guys talked a little bit about what it'll be like to have fans back in the stands? Um, we haven't talked about it, but I know every single one of us is excited because last year, especially with all of the success that we did have, um, it was just so unfortunate um, and, and really sad um, looking back on it that we couldn't have any of, you know, all of our loyal fans in the crowd. But I think um, that just makes it that much more sweet next year coming off such a successful year 
um, seeing the the fans in the crowd again for the first time come November, I think is going to be really special for all of us. And as we're taping this on Wednesday evening, yesterday, the preseason ranking came out and IU, your women's program was ranked number eight, the highest seed ever. How did you guys, how did you and how did the team feel when you saw that number eight kind of flash across the screen the first time? Um, I mean, it's, you know, a blessing to even be in that conversation because when I first got here back in 2018, we probably weren't even really in the conversation to be in the top 25. So um, it's always great to be recognized, but we obviously, every single one of us realized that the real work, you know, nothing has been done yet. We haven't proved anything yet. We have a lot bigger goals than being ranked preseason number eight. We want to finish, you know, postseason number one. So um, it's great. Um, and, but it just gives us even more motivation to keep working hard so we can have a successful year. You mentioned, you know, hopefully going to a, you know, a deeper run. Do the team's goals change? You know, do they stay the same every year? I mean, like for Coach Morin and the staff, do the co- or do they change each year as you've kind of gotten, especially a more veteran group? You know, you guys have all five starters back. So are those the kinds of things that change with the program year to year, or does Coach Morin kind of keep them pretty much the same every year? Um, I mean, I think they've stayed the same in that every time we hit the court, we should expect to win, no matter if we're playing the number one team in the nation, you know, top five team, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we believe that if we prepare ourselves and put in the work, then we always have a chance to win the game. Um, so that has never changed. But I think maybe now when we start talking about Final Fours and national championships, that's a little more realistic for us. And we realize that um, with those five returning starters um, that have been to the Elite Eight and we're a few points away from a Final Four, we know that that's something that we can realistically achieve. So I think, um, you know, the goals are always the same, but it's it's a different feeling this year for sure. Okay. Um, speaking of last year, 21 and six, you went 16 and two during Big Ten play, which is the most wins in Big Ten play by a women's team at Indiana. When did you and your teammates feel like you ha- you had something special? Um, I mean, I think we felt like even going back to the 2019-2020 season when it got um, canceled because of COVID, the postseason, we felt like we were going to make a really big run then with the pieces that we did have. So we had most players returning for last season. So I think from the jump, from the preseason, from the very first game, we felt like we could make a deep run in the NCAA tournament and have a really good Big Ten season. So I don't think um, that's anything that necessarily surprised us. And we kind of expected it all along, to be honest. And so you have all five starters back just you know, a little bit. How does that make a difference in your preseason practice? Um, I mean, well, we're a veteran-led team now. We've all been through it, playing together for three, four years. So I think it makes practices run a lot smoother. We can kind of, you know, we don't have to slow down and focus on on the little things. Um, we can really just hit the ground running um, when we started practice in um, late September. So I think um, we're really far ahead of where we have been even since I've been here, um, just because we have been through it um, and we're returning a lot of the same pieces. So we kind of know what to expect. So. Kind of about you individually real quick. You had three triple doubles last year. And I was watching the media day. Coach Coach Moore and kind of, you know, like, you know, put you on the spot a little bit about, you know, two or three, maybe just an expectation this year. But I, I having been a former coach, I know those aren't always so easy. But you had your first one against Eastern Kentucky. You had two in the very first game of the year, and you had two more against Penn State. Do you feel that at the moment, how well you're playing? Or is that something, that, you know, at the end of the game where you're like, wow, you know, I just did something. 
Um, I mean, I, I always kind of have a feel for um, how I'm playing in terms of, you know, how I'm setting up my teammates, if I'm rebounding the ball, if I'm playing good defense, and obviously if I'm able to score the ball. So, um, but to even get a triple-double all three times, I was completely shocked, to be honest with you. I mean, if you would have asked me this time last year, never in a million years would I have thought that would be something that I would even come close to doing. So, um, obviously in those games, you know, I, I did kind of get in a rhythm and was probably playing well and realized that, but I think it's still a complete shock every time I do anything like that. And, and obviously you, you, you have an expectation, or at least us as fans know that you're one of the main scorers. When you get to that kind of game, we used to call it the zone. Do you just feel like everything's going to be right there in front of you and the basket's as big as, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, I peach basketball used to say, but obviously, you know, with, you know, basketball, you know, being there, do, do you know, do you just everything, does it slow down? I mean, can you explain a little bit what it's like when you kind of get into that zone? Um, I mean, I think anytime you can get a triple double, um, I think things are just kind of going your way. The ball is bouncing your way. You're maybe getting some rolls. Um, but honestly, in all three of the games, I got it. I don't really think I, my shot felt off from the beginning. So I think I focused more on, getting rebounds, playing good defense and facilitating for my teammates. And then obviously once you start doing that, your mojo starts get, getting going and you kind of get in that zone and you're able to score some baskets. But um, really those games, you know, didn't start off that well for me, but um, it allowed me to kind of focus on other things. Yeah. That's interesting how you say that. Cause you hear that so often. And, and so is that something like, if you feel like your shot's not there, do you really try to focus hard on, on your defense and the rebounding then? Yeah. I mean, um, I understand and I've always kind of prided myself on knowing that even, you know, there's going to be games where you're not going to hit shots. You're not going to be able to make anything. Um, so you still have to be able to contribute to your team. How are you going to help your team win when you're not scoring the ball? So um, I've always just prided myself on being, you know, more than a one dimensional player. Um, so if I'm not hitting shots, you know, I, I immediately my mind turns to what else am I going to do to help my team? win? The Grace Burger Show is presented by Feral Wealth. Farrell Wealth was founded by former IU All-Big Ten defensive end Greg Farrell, who is now experiencing IU all over again as a parent with two girls who are juniors in the IU Media School, interns at the Cuban Center, and own their own business. And you know, Greg learned trust and integrity while playing for legendary coach Bill Mallory, traits he's worked hard to instill in his girls. He also learned how to game plan. Feral Wealth uses these principles to help high net worth individuals and business owners pursue financial success. Wealth planning is their passion, so you can live yours. Their fiduciary plans include investments, insurance, taxes, executive compensation, and charitable giving in this lifetime and beyond. Like any good team, the IU women's basketball team, for example, you need to plan and work the plan. Well, what is your plan? Contact Feral Wealth through all socials at Feral Wealth and their website, feralwealth.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-L-L wealth.com. Feral Wealth is a proud supporter of IU Athletics. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisory firm, member FINRA SIPC. And during Big Ten play, you guys ran off a nine-game winning streak, if I recall correctly, from last year. What do you remember most about that run? If uh, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, in in the moment, in the run, you're just focusing day by day. 
you know, you get one big win against the opponent, but as soon as that game's over, you're focusing on the next one and watching film for the next one and preparing for the next one. Um, so looking back on it, you saying we went on a 9-0 run is, you know, amazing, obviously a big accomplishment because the Big Ten is, in my opinion, the best conference in women's basketball in the country. So to win nine games, it means you're you're doing something right. Um, but in the moment, you're not really thinking about that. You're just focused on how can we get better for the next game. And I'll just kind of go back. You beat Iowa twice. You 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 beat ranked teams in Michigan, Ohio State, and a, and a win over arch rival Purdue as part of that run. But I kind of want to go back to the Iowa game because I remember that. I watched that game on TV. That was one of the best games I really remember watching, men or women, in a long time. Because that was kind of a back-and-forth affair. Just if you can, kind of take us back into what was like in during the game and maybe in some of the huddles late. Because if I remember right, that was a very nip-and-tuck game down the stretch. Yeah, um, we actually played Iowa twice, but but both games were. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm speaking more of the one in Iowa City where you guys won for like the okay, first yeah. time since '94. That's why that's my apology. I was speaking more about yeah, the no, Iowa City good. game. They were both um, really good games, really close games. Um, but going back to that one in Iowa City, I remember the year um, prior we had lost um, in double overtime to Iowa, knowing that we hadn't won there, in, you know, in so many years. So. Um, to finally be able to come out with a win on such a big stage um, against a phenomenal team in Iowa with, with great talent. Um, but we made just enough plays down the stretch to come out there with a win. So I think that was something that was kind of monumental for our program because it's something that we had never really been able to do um, before. So, yeah, and, and it was a big win. I mean, because they were right there kind of in the conference race. You were playing, you know, Caitlin Clark was kind of the freshman sensation of this of the season. And you guys go into Iowa City. Is it something in the locker room afterwards that you guys talked about how it was the first time that you'd done something in almost 30 years? Um, no, we don't usually talk about that kind of stuff in the locker room. It's more kind of tries to stay away from that, I'd say, but we all saw it on social media, obviously after the game. And we kind of knew going in that we had never run it one at Iowa city and for so long. So, um, it was definitely, you know, meant, meant a little extra than a normal game. I'd say. You mentioned social media a little bit and, and I just wanted quickly, like easy probably to see social media after a win. Do you have like a rule for yourself or anything like after a loss, like do you stay off social media for, you know, for a bit of time or do you, you know, does none of that bother you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I try not, I've learned at this point in my career, not to let anything bother me on social media. Um, I, 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 I don't really look too much into what people are saying after a win or after a loss. Um, I kind of just use social media to get my news from other sporting events around the country. So I don't really look too, too much into that, to be honest. Okay. That's a good, yeah, I like that answer as a former coach. Uh, fortunately you guys fell short of the final four in the locker room playing right at home. What was, what was the mood like? What did, were, were you guys talking to each other? Was coach Morin talking? I mean, what was, I mean, was it there? You're, you're trying to understand the moment of, you know, you just lost, but how long did it take? Or maybe it took longer, but you know, when did you guys start being like, okay, we just, we lost, but now it's time to use this as motivation. I mean, making it that far, I think almost makes it harder to lose because you realize that you were just a couple baskets away from being in a final four, which is obviously the goal that every team in the country, every player in the country wants to reach. Um, and is a dream of all of ours. So I think it was, it was really tough and probably tougher, definitely tougher than any loss I've ever experienced. 
Um, so we definitely weren't over it in the locker room after the game and we weren't over it on the plane ride home. And I think we got a couple weeks off after the season to kind of go home and just do our own thing. Um, and then when we came back, we realized, you know, now this season's behind us, it's over, but we've shown what we can do. We've seen what we can do. Um, and we've realized that we're that close to being a final four team and competing against the best teams in the country. So now we need to come back and get to work and improve so that next time when we're in that position, we'll hopefully advance um, to the final four. And just a little bit, it looked like when I went back through the, 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 the schedule, you only had a couple of days between that sweet 16 or between, excuse me, between the second round game and the sweet 16 game, if I recall against North Carolina state, how does coach, how do you guys go about preparing for that? I mean, I would be like, man, I need like a week for that kind of game. And you guys only had like two days. What just kind of, you know, tell us what the, the prep was like for that. It was more film on, on court. I mean, I don't know how much time you were allowed on court down in San Antonio. So take us through that kind of getting ready for North Carolina state a little bit since you had such a short time. Yeah. So, um, we beat um, Belmont earlier in the week. And then um, obviously that was the first time we had ever made it to the sweet 16. So um, we were excited in the locker room, but once we left the locker room, once we got on the bus about 30 minutes after the game ended, we realized that we had to move on. Um, and then as soon as we got back to the hotel, our coaches have already gotten film on NC state for us. So um, that night we were kind of turning the page and focusing on them. Um, obviously, when you have such a short turnaround, you can't really be on the court probably as much as our coaches would like and we would like um, just because we need to rest our bodies mm -hmm. uh, because it was a quick turnaround. So I think it was a lot more probably mental reps, um, walkthroughs and practice and, and doing stuff like that. Um, but I mean, mentally, we felt like we were really ready to go um, in that Sweet 16 game for sure. Mm -hmm. um, did you guys understand? kind of back to the Arizona game within after a couple of weeks, like you talked about, did you understand just, or did, I shouldn't say understand. Was there an appreciation for exactly what you guys had done because you'd done something no women's team had done at IU? Yeah. I mean, it was something we're extremely grateful for that we were able to go that far. Um, we realize a lot of teams in the past, there's been a lot of great IU teams, but to be the first to do that, make the sweet 16 and then make the elite eight um, was I think an honor for all of us, but um, like I've kind of said, at the end of the day, our goal isn't to make it to the Elite Eight. We want to be um, in the conversation with the best teams in the country when to win championships here at IU. So um, it's great and, and kind of a milestone for us, but we realize that there's still a lot of work to be done. And you mentioned after the season, you were invited to participate with Team USA and the America Cup tryouts at that point. Um, just was this your first experience with USA basketball? Yeah, it was my first. I never got invited to anything in high school or anything. So it was surreal to get invited finally my my junior year of college. Yeah. So just a, kind of a, uh, how does that work? I mean, kind of maybe explain how to, do they send something to Coach Moore and then she pulls you aside or pulls you into her office or do they send something to you and then you're like, Coach Moore, and I got this. Just explain a little bit maybe how that process works. Yeah, they actually sent it to um, Coach Moore and I think during our NCAA tournament run. So she, I think, hid it from me for a couple of days because obviously, you know, I was focused on that at the, the time. So um, as soon as our plan la plane landed um, the next morning after we had just lost to Arizona um, back in Bloomington, I walked in the gym and I was kind of ready to, you know, pack my bags and go home and relax for a little bit. But she called me up to her office and showed me the invitation. And um, like I said, it was surreal and um, just a, a great opportunity that I was really excited about. And how many were at the tryout? 
Um, there were 20 total. So 19 other girls and me. Yeah. And then what? Sele- 13 were selected, correct? Um, there were. So after the four days of trials in April, there were 13 finalists. And then we came back in June for a two week um, kind of training camp um, to where they would cut one more person and then only bring 12 to the actual tournament in um, Puerto Rico. And you, you were one of those 12. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what would you say was your most memorable experience or, or maybe impactful moment with um, Team USA during that, that time? Uh, I mean, it's hard to pick just one thing. Or a couple. Yeah. I mean, just being able to be in the gym with those girls who are, you know, are kind of household names in the women's college basketball world and are, you know, first team All-Americans. Um, national champions, great players, just playing with them for three weeks straight and just kind of seeing, how, you know, competing against them in practice and kind of seeing myself up against them was was surreal. Um, getting coached by a, a legend of the game as a player and a coach and Don Staley was something that I'm, I, you know, still going to get chills thinking about and something I, I'm so grateful for. And then I think just just putting on that USA basketball jersey and realizing you're representing your entire country and, and something that means so much to you um, was a, an amazing opportunity and just something that I'm still feels surreal to me. Is there anything about coach Staley you can tell us that, you know, the average person might not know, but not, you know, Oh, embarrass her. I mean, she's, she's still kind of, it feels like when you're talking to her, you're talking to a teammate. It's like, she's kind of a, a really a player's coach. So she's just a really cool person. Um, Maybe and when you see her coaching on the sideline, you wouldn't be able to tell that. But she's really calm. She's really relaxed and just a really relatable person, to be honest. Most coaches have a hard time being relaxed on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> At least I did. Um, did you guys play South Carolina a couple of years ago? Or were you were you there when they played South Carolina? I was. It was my sophomore year. We were the only team team in that year. Yeah. Yeah, that was. A, yeah. I remember that. I've, I've thought it was your sophomore year, but I was starting. Time starts to slip from me oh, a little yeah, bit. <laughs> so, so, but congratulations! You were part of a gold medal medal winning team. Um, so that had to be a big thrill. Just curiosity, where's the medal? Um, it's it's at home. I let my parents keep it because um, I'd probably lose it if I brought it up here. So I let them have it for now. Yeah. Um, and this kind of will piggyback off of what our previous discussion with Team USA, but. What would you say your strengths are on the floor or as a player, just overall, what are your strengths? Um, I mean, I like to say my strengths are that I'm more than a one dimensional player. Um, you know, I, I can score the ball. Yes. Um, but I can also get my teammates open. I can come off ball screens. I can handle the ball, um, play a little defense here and there, and then, um, get rebounds and, and, and do stuff like that. So, um, I, I, I never just focus on one part of my game, but I try to, be good in, in, a, in a bunch of different areas. And, you know, being the coach, there's always, what's an area of improvement you've been working on here in the off season? Um, I mean, my three point shot is obviously a big thing that I've been working on since I've got here. Um, I think that, you know, our team as a whole is something that we need to improve on. So we've all been in the gym um, all, all summer, all off season, working on it um, together, really. Yeah, I won't say too much about three point shooting. <laughs> Support for The Grace Burger Show is also provided by Homefield Apparel. Yes, our longtime sponsor, Homefield Apparel, our good friends at Homefield Apparel, where look, I know, you know, they're putting out new schools, it seems like, every other week, sometimes multiple schools every other week. But never forget, the roots of Homefield Apparel 
are Indiana, and the Indiana Hoosiers were their very first school. So you can go to homefieldapparel.com, you can go up to shop, and you can see all the many schools that are there. And hey, if you've got friends or family members who went to another school, it's a great place to go for gifts, to buy them for those people. But if you want to get some IU gear, you hit that shop button, you go to the Indiana page, and you check out all of their awesome Indiana designs. They still have more Indiana designs than any others, of course, with the flagship bison hoodie, which if you don't have it yet, what are you doing? Make sure that you get it uh, before the winter comes, where they've got their little 500 t-shirt up there. They've got the joggers. They've got so many different designs that really call back these great old IU logos, these great old IU teams, these great old IU times. And so go to homefieldapparel.com, check out their Indiana collection, use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your first order and support Homefield Apparel, who has given us so much support throughout the years. It's homefieldapparel.com, promo code ASSEMBLY20. Now back to the interview. You mentioned um, the three-point shoot. I really like watching you play, and I, I, I love watching the program at all, as a whole. And, and I, I, I've known Coach – well, not know her, but she went to a high school in our conference when I was in high school. So I, I actually saw her play back in high school. But I like watching you because you still have kind of a mid-range game. You, know, you, 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 you have that game between 15, 18 feet. Is that something somebody encouraged in you or you just kind of became a natural, you kind of developed it naturally? I'm just kind of curious because you don't see very many kids have that mid-range game. You see more of it in the women's game. I will say that than we do the men's game, but you still don't see very many people with that 15 to 18 foot shot like you have. Yeah. I mean, I think um, my dad was the one that really, when I was younger, kind of encouraged me to be able to shoot off the bounce um, in the mid-range because it is a shot that's so hard to guard and that you can pretty much get off. Um, anytime you want. And then um, honestly, when I was growing up, my driveway only went out to about 15 feet. So I wasn't shooting a bunch of threes. Um, and when you don't have a rebounder, your only option is to, you know, go and, and make a make a move and then shoot a mid-range shot off the dribble. So I think that's probably why um, that has kind of been my, my go-to move um, since high school, really. It, was your dad the person who really kind of got you started? Yeah, my dad um, was a big basketball player guy he played division two basketball in college um and he wanted me to try a bunch of different sports but basketball was always his favorite so that was kind of something we bonded over yeah where just a curiosity where did your dad play he played at um it's called transylvania it's in Washington. yeah Yeah. i'm familiar with transylvania so and when you mentioned d2 and being growing up in louisville or at least going to high school in louisville bellarmine is a school that i've been familiar with you know from a coaching standpoint and they used to be in uh, the school here in rensselaer where i live in rensselaer was part of that uh, great lakes valley conference so that's why i was kind of curious where maybe where your dad played um so did you like at us and so this kind of goes back to the usa basketball experience were there things that you saw other players doing or that you guys worked on that you saw other players or maybe when you were playing, maybe just some one-on-one that you're like, Hey, I, I need to pick that up. Or that's something I want to, you know, I want to try. I want to get better at. Um, I mean, I think there was a lot of things. I think just the girls that have, um, you know, become all Americans and won national championships, just watching them and watching really how they do the little things. Um, not necessarily how they can score the ball. Everyone there can score the ball. Everyone at division one level can score the ball, but how they um, talked on defense, how they talked on offense, how they um, did the little details, like set up, set up their cuts, um, set good screens, um, got rebounds and did little things like that. Um, I think made me kind of realize that 
it is the little details that, you know, separate the good from great. And that's something that I think I've been focusing on since that experience. Yeah. I've heard other things like that from people where they get around elite players like that, where it's just little things they're trying to pick up on and and try to get better at. Um, You mentioned this earlier. What has Coach Moore and the staff, yourselves as a team, what have you kind of done to balance the success, the expectations? There's a lot of expectations coming into this season and not resting on your laurels. What, What kind of conversations have you had among the program, the coaches, the staff and you as players about trying you finding that balance? Yeah, I mean, I think for us and our mindset is, and this obviously comes from Coach Morin and the kind of coach she is, um, is that we haven't really accomplished anything yet. Um, Yeah, we made the Elite Eight. Yeah, we had a a solid Big Ten season last year, but we haven't won any championships. And that's um, Coach Morin's goal and our goal as a program is to, you know, win championships, win Big Ten championships, national championships, and compete for those every single year. So um, to say there's pressure, maybe there is from the outside. I don't know, but I think. Um, internally, we still feel like we're that that blue collar team that that that's still chasing something. Yeah, that's I, that's that's I like that answer. And and you talked about a little bit about being a veteran team. Uh, you were at Media Day with Allie Patberg, mm-hmm. and I liked your quote when you said she's been the leader of every team since I've been here. Yeah. Um, first, what type of leader is she? On you know, is she vocal? Is she more just a leader by example, or a little bit of both? Um, I think she's a lot of bit of both. I think she's one of the best vocal leaders I've ever played with. And then um, certainly one of the best um, just by example and how she carries herself every day um, on the court. Um, and, and then just the person she is in the locker room. I mean, it makes it easy for her to follow and for her to be the clear cut leader of this team because of the person she is and the relationships that she's developed with each of us, each of us as individuals. We all have so much trust in Allie Patberg and just are very grateful that she's still still on our team with us. Do you have a story about Allie, for example, of what she's like on the court that makes her special? I mean, there's a lot um, that makes Allie special. I think um, I owe so much to her because when I came in as a freshman, I I wasn't really very good. But she invited me um, to her workouts that she does before practice every single day and really kind of took me under her wing and um, showed me what it takes to to be good at this level and to be a Division One basketball player. And so. Um, I, 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 I probably don't tell her this enough, but I know I couldn't have done any of it without her and her example. And um, I think a lot of us on the team have had similar experiences with Allie. Well, I hope she watches the show and hears you say that. Oh. What about off the floor? Off the floor. Um, I mean, she's just the, the most genuine person, the, the best teammate um, you could possibly ask for. Um, we're, we're a lot more than teammates at this point. We're, you know, each other's best friends. We're around each other a lot. Um, we, we know pretty much everything about each other. So I think my relationship with Allie is something that's going to last well beyond our basketball days, um, just because she is such a genuine, caring person and someone that I know will always have my back and I'll always have hers. Mm-hmm. Um, as we kind of get toward the end of this, I'll just give you a, a series of questions here. And at the end of our first episode, anyways, we're going to do 11 more of these. Um, who would you say kind of has a chance to, you, you have a veteran team, so, but who might be a kid, a player that's got a chance to be a breakout type player for us this year that maybe we haven't heard about as much? Um, I mean, I think our, our two sophomores are going to make a, a big jump this year and Keandra Brown and then Chloe Moore McNeil. Um, they were kind of, you know, role players. They did see some time down the floor, but I think just getting that experience, um, you know, being on the team for that elite eight run, I think is um, going to make them have huge strides this year. And then they've kind of figured out um, how to get in the gym, what our program expectations are. So I think we're expecting a lot from them. 
Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, kind of off the court stuff with Allie and, and the others. Do you guys all, do you guys all have an apartments or, or do you guys have a central living facility or do you guys, or are you, are you kind of spread out? Um, yeah. So all the freshmen live in, in the dorms, but then after our freshman year, we can, we can move off campus. So a lot of us live together, um, but we're pretty much spread out um, okay. around Bloomington. Yeah. All right. Um, as we do this interview, we're three weeks out from your opener at Hinkle Fieldhouse. You played there your sophomore year. Uh, did Coach Morin pull the? I'm assuming you've seen Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. I, did Coach Morin pull Coach Morin pull out the tape and all the you know the the classic scene? She hasn't yet, but we still have three weeks, so maybe. <laughs> and you know, so but it, it, it got me to thinking. One of the couple of things I wanted to kind of finish up with, besides Simon Scott Assembly Hall, is your favorite gym. Where on the road would you say is one of your favorite arenas playing? Um, I really like um, the barn. Um, at Minnesota. It's just a really mm-hmm. cool setup. Um, the floor is kind of raised above everybody else. The benches obviously sit below the floor. So um, it's just unusual. So I think that's why I like it. Yeah. And it's kind of a similar setup to Hinkle when you think about uh-huh. it, except the floors, the floors higher at, at Williams. But is that something when you walked in there the first time, maybe as your freshman or sophomore year, I'm not sure when your first time into Williams, but you're kind of like, man, I hope I don't go flying off into this. Yeah, it's actually a lot closer than it looks on TV. There's like maybe three, four feet from when the baseline from when the baseline out of bounds is to where the big drop off is. So I made sure to stay on my feet that game and be under control for sure. Yeah, and maybe it's the same, but toughest gym to play, tough, toughest arena gym to play in. Um, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of tough. Iowa always has a really good crowd. Purdue obviously has a crowd that doesn't like us very much, and that's always <laughs> a difficult place to go in there. Um, but you know, every big 10 gym has, has a tough crowd for sure. Yeah. So, um, I want to thank you for joining us this evening and we look forward to doing the, the next 11 episodes with you. Um, and just give you a chance, anything you'd like to add in before we, 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 we break off for this interview. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm just really excited. I think it's going to be a really good opportunity to kind of show an, an inside experience of our season. Um, we're all really excited about the season. So I hope that a lot of people will not only follow along kind of the behind the scenes stuff, but, but show up for us and, um, and, and be a part of our um, hopefully historic season this season coming up. Yeah. And in case we don't talk to you before the season starts, good luck with your first couple of games as you open up. We mentioned Ad Hinkle on the road to open the season, but your home opener will be against a very good Kentucky team on a, on a Sunday, I believe, that's nationally televised. Uh, and I think their preseason rank was 12 or 13. So you've got it. You, your schedule is uh, – last question, I guess I'm not trying – I don't want to go too much past time here. Did, did Does Coach Morton talk to you guys about schedule? Like, hey, we're going to pick up a couple teams this year that we may not normally play. Or like you're going to the Bahamas. Was that with the intention of, you know, you got everybody back, and so let's go down there. Because you're going to see Stanford for one down there. So is that something maybe she talked to you guys about, especially the kids coming back? Like, hey, do we, should, do we want to go play in this, or this is why we're doing it? Um, She's, since the day I've gotten here, always scheduled hard because, like I said, her expectations to be able to compete with the best teams in the country. So to be the best team in the country, you have to play the best team in the country. So um, that's something that's that stayed pretty consistent. She never really brings that up, but okay. um, yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure. Okay. And, and, and two years ago, you guys went to where was it Virgin Islands? Yeah. Virgin Islands. And just real quick, I, I forgot to mention Team USA. You were down in Puerto Rico, correct? Yes. So you're yes. getting to be quite the Caribbean traveler here. I am. I'm not complaining about it for sure. <laughs> I'll bet. Hey, Grace, we want to thank you for being here and everything. We're going to, we'll talk to you the next time. And until then, this has been the premiere episode of the Grace Berger Show. I'm Jeff Marlowe. She's Grace Berger. We look forward to seeing you the next time. 
And that'll do it for the first edition of the Grace Burger Show. Our thanks to our presenting sponsor, Feral Wealth. Make sure that you check them out at feralwealth.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-L-L wealth.com or on all their socials at Feral Wealth. And also thanks to Homefield Apparel, as always, for continuing to support the show. My thanks to Bob Thompson for producing the intro music that you heard there at the beginning. And thanks to you for joining us. Again, one more reminder to go to assemblycall.com slash community to join our private uh, IU basketball and IU sports discussion community so that you can get uh, full access to the Ask Me Anything episodes that we'll be doing with Grace as we go throughout the season. That's assemblycall.com slash community. And we look forward to talking with you on a future episode of the Assembly Call. Take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. Oh, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the room. Go Hoosiers. We gotta get Grace to give us one of those. We'll do that coming up. Take care. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.